great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined by my brother and the other fantastic host of this show, Nick. And Nick, I think the excitement is oozing through the screen, through the microphone, we beat Seattle. We swept them. Uh, but first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? I'm good. I mean, it doesn't feel like a win. I mean, I feel like we're the Steelers right now, like walking away with a win, but like not in the prettiest way. Yeah. But it's Seattle, you know, it it feels like St. Louis Rams football. No, no matter what, the Rams always were able to take care of business against Seattle, even when we had horrible teams. We always it's showed true. up against them. A, a win's a win. It felt like we needed it for everybody's mojo, for everybody's confidence. Um, I mean, for ex- the exception of people that want to see the Rams kind of continuously lose and tank and potentially get a better draft pick. I think for the most part, it, for everybody in the building, uh, for the fans that just wanted to see this team win because it's been however many weeks, four or five, six weeks, uh, we swept Seattle. We spoiled their Thanksgiving. We brought their record down to six and four. And now they're no longer tied for first place in the division with San Francisco. I thought it was a really, really fun way to kick off the Thanksgiving break. And with Arizona on the horizon, it, it leaves a little bit of excitement. You have an opportunity to potentially get the five and six. The season is still very much alive. And Nick, this incredible graphic flashed the screen as the game concluded. The Rams are still in the hunt. It's Green Bay, the Rams, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everybody's four and six in the hunt. And the three wild card spots right now are Dallas, Minnesota, and Seattle. Dallas is seven and three, Minnesota six and four, and Seattle six and four. So what do you have to make of this outside of the fact that the Detroit Lions are eight and two? Um, I mean, amazing that we're still in the hunt. You know, it's fun. It's scrappy. It's a it's the team that we were kind of hoping for. I mean, all day I'm just thinking three and seven, three and seven, watching that game. Um, And then to pull away and get a win, I mean, against Seattle, it's two against Seattle, who's a team that's going to be in the playoffs. They were in the playoffs last year. Like, I know it's division, and divisional games can always go crazy, but those are two real wins. They're they're real wins with good defensive stops and good young players like Puka making plays and fourth-string running backs finding the end zone, like, you're you're figuring it out with this glass house of a team. You are house of cards in your way to victory. It doesn't make much sense, but at the end of the day, a win's a win. All you could ask for, and it's it's coming off of a terrible start too, right? You're hopeful that they're coming off of the bye. This team's going to be well-prepared, slow, rusty, or adjectives that come to mind. Stafford was hit on two of the first three plays. Tyler Higby was missing blocks, which has kind of become a theme on the season. But Seattle was taking advantage of our inability to stay on the field offensively. Seattle was 30th on third down coming into the week, and they were talking about it on the broadcast. They started the game 4 of 4. Like we were getting dominated at the line of scrimmage, play and play again, to the point where Jason Peters, at 42 years old, was getting called out for as well as he was playing. Like the secondary looked suspect. 
Um, but they ended up switching it up in the second half, which I thought was really interesting. It's a feather in Raheem Morris's hat. Jordan actually tweeted it out that they tried out a package where they had four safeties on the field. It was Jordan Fuller, John Johnson III, who was talking um, during the week about potentially starting in this game. I don't believe he did, but he did get plenty of time, plenty of snaps. Quentin Lake and Russ Yeast all out there on the field. And then two cornerbacks. And it was Russ Yeast who made a really nice play on the ball to break up a third down pass, which I think that was the streak that we broke of Seattle consistently converting on third down. So it's important that you have to be able to switch things up when you notice things are off. You can't obviously predetermine what you're going to do as a game plan. And I think that the defense came along. It was like a tale of two halves, which was our expectation, right? It was like, okay, this team has never put together in this season a full game of good football. You're going to end up seeing one half where they play well and one half where they're lackluster. Um, And it was the second half of this game where they really came alive. And, you know, Shout out to Drew Locke for keeping us alive and in that game because that really makes the second half look a lot better with him being in there. The defense is, you know, getting an interception. They're getting three and outs when they need them. And then the offense is able to, like, you know, string some stuff together. First November win since the since Stafford's been in L.A. I love that. Awesome. Isn't that Good crazy? Good stat, Paul. By you and um, fantastic the fact that we're finally stringing together some November wins. It does feel like it's been a while, and we were you're a field goal away from that being a loss. Like yeah. you're that close. Field goal that close. I almost would have guaranteed that kid was going to drill if you would have asked me two seconds before the kick. I would have been like, it's absolutely Seattle kickers always tend to play to the to their best degree against the Rams. Yeah, how about this kicker? And we'll talk about this uh, a little bit later on. I mean, the kick, Jason Myers, he hadn't missed in six weeks. Like, he hadn't missed a field goal in any form, an extra point, a field goal, nothing. Against the Giants six weeks ago in a meaningless situation, I think they were up like 24 to three late in the game. He tried a 53 yard attempt. I don't know what the weather was like. You don't know what kind of the in game situation was. He missed it. Um, and, and that to me was the last indication of him potentially missing a field goal because the week prior, you're looking back, you're like DK Metcalf completion. They're setting themselves up for a field goal. Gino spikes it. He's going to come in and make a 55 yard field goal and win the game. And it's an indoor stadium. The outcome seemed like it was going to be directly similar, but it, it thank God it wasn't. The Rams are back in the win column. And Nick, I'll ask you this because I saw this picture floating around and it's just, Kind of blows me away to see Carson Wentz in, in full Rams gear, which is, I think this may be the Rams' new best uniform combination and they're the most winningest combination that they wear. Um, but I was thinking to myself, who would you rather have, Drew Locke or Carson Wentz in that situation? Because it's... I mean, it's, you know, quite thrill, the who's who, thrill who's who of people I don't want to uh, have to trust. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I guess Carson Wentz, just based on what Drew Luck did today, but we haven't seen anything of Wentz. I was really worried that we were going to have to see Wentz when it felt like we were actually building momentum. Um, so it was, you know, Stafford's just a dog through and through and got back out there and put the team on his back and found a way to win that one. But, I mean, but, this is – Yeah, if Wentz went out there, I was not ready for that. But this is why you have Aaron Donald, right? This is why you have the greatest player in the history of the Rams' organization because when the third quarter was expiring and Seattle had a 16-7 to lead, the reason why you don't let your offense go one-on-one against the greatest player the Rams have ever had is because he changes the outcome of games because he dances in the locker room, he bursts out of his his shirt, and he is the man. He's the, he's the best. I mean, he, he is like a cannonball out of a cannon. 
one-on-one opportunities, it's almost a guarantee that he's able to get a pressure and hit the quarterback. And in this instance, he takes the quarterback out of the game. And when Drew Locke enters the game, Nick, here are the stats. Three possessions, seven total yards, and the Darion Kendrick interception that changed the total outcome of the game. So it's, it's, it's Aaron Donald. I mean, he doesn't get enough praise on this podcast, probably. We should have more episodes just catered to his greatness. But he deserves uh, all credit for, for changing uh, the outcome. He does. Yeah, and you brought it up. I mean, Raheem played back. He played soft coverage in the, you know, in the first half and then completely changed it up and was like bringing five. Uh, for the majority of the second, so that I mean, yeah. that was yeah. that was awesome to see them completely change it up and you know allow them to get comfortable and then be like, well, you know, this is what you thought it was going to be. Too bad. And then to knock Gino out of the game, and then he comes back and almost does enough to to seal them a victory. But sometimes the wind just doesn't blow your way in Southern California. Sorry, Jason. Sorry, Pete. Sorry, I was going to say Russell, but sorry, Gino. I think what's um, what's really interesting in this game is like you look at Puka, Puka Nakua, you look at Cooper Cup, and you look at um, you know some of the the target share when they're both in the game. And I don't think Puka Nakua had a target when Cooper Cup was on the field. To me, that's really concerning because like it, it's a tale of two halves, but it doesn't have to be. That's my concern. It's like you could probably simplify the playbook. The Rams ran twelve plays and only had seventy eight yards on three possessions. When Cooper Cup was on the field, Puganaku had zero targets, as I mentioned, two punts and a turnover in the red zone. You can guess how many of those plays, Nick, they ran the ball. Don't look. I'm going to give you an over-under total. You ready? Yeah. 4.5 in the first 12 plays of the game. How many times did they run the ball? Over-under 4.5. It has to be under because they were playing from behind. (laughs) They ran it four times. The opening play yeah. was to Daryl Henderson. You're correct. You win the money. Daryl Henderson opening play. And then three times the following possession in the red zone to Royce Freeman, but no other, re- no other run attempts in that possession, the second possession of the game. And then the following possession, they ran the ball net zero times. So that's four times in the first 12 plays of the game. So the Cooper cup, Puganukua argument of like, is the Rams's offense better when Cooper cup is not on the field? No, the Rams's offense is just better when they're balanced. It's just better when they're they're perfectly balanced and they're able to run, commit the ball to, to Royce Freeman and roll Matthew Stafford out of the pocket and get the play-action game going. The simple stuff that we talk about all the time. Cooper's had a really weird year. I mean, I he, does, he like contorts his entire body around to try to make that end zone catch that he should have, you know, like that he's catching that 10 times out of 10 every other year, and then this yeah, year he misses it. And then also, like, not only is it Cup and Nakua, but shout out to 81, Austin uh, Trammell, uh, kind of coming in. <laughs> Dude, and like, It's not Ned Schneeblay. <laughs> it's, it's Austin Trammell. It's just what did I say, Trammell? Like Camel. Trammell yeah, like Camel. Trammell. Well, there's a bunch of M's and L's there that make it seem like it's a little more. Um, Actually, it's Schneeblay. <laughs> just call me Mr. S. <laughs> um, but Trammell, I mean, coming in as soon as Cup goes down and actually made, or I messed it up again, Trammell <laughs> coming in and like they wanted to get him hot and he made some like, you know, important plays in that game. I was like really impressed yeah, with did. him stepping in, but yeah, it's a down year for Cooper Cup and I feel bad for anybody that has him on the fantasy team because it seems like the moment he steps away, they, it, they're a better team, honestly, like. 
So, okay, so two things. I'm going to leave you with this. So the running game has to be balanced, obviously, for your offense to be productive, productive as a whole. But we also talk about, like, the progressions for Matthew Stafford. Do you think the Rams give a little bit too much for Matthew Stafford to chew on pre-snap? Like, do you? And then once, obviously, post-snap, when he has the ball in his hand, when he has to read Cooper Cup through his progressions on an option route and look out for two, three things, the tendencies of a linebacker, the tendency of a corner, the tendency of a safety just on one specific player, then work through that progression, get to Puka Nakua, get to Austin Trammell, get to Ben Skronik, Tyler Higby, whomever else it may be. Do you feel like it sim- more simplifies the game plan when Cooper Cup is off the field because there's less optionality within Matthew Stafford's progressions? A hundred percent. Stafford's had, like, all day, I, I would love to see a breakdown of how much time he actually had. It feels like he had three to four seconds to get that ball out today. Um, defense was down his yeah, throat. Yeah. And, and every Especially play that McVay wants to call is a long developing pass play. And it bites him in the ass. It's probably one of the reasons why he, he didn't really get along with Jared Goff too well. And like, because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't comfortable like waiting that long to let that ball rip, honestly. Like, he kind of wants to get the ball out. Like, he likes over the middle, he likes it simple. And yeah. Stafford's a little more okay with like wanting to take that like big gamble big chunk play like and it you know it worked out for them it it works out when you can roll him out and when the run game like you said is balanced because then they don't know what they're to, to expect but it oh man the fake jet sweep uh turned um what is that's it USC that's a Lincoln Riley Caleb Williams college no play. it's not because they did it 10 times better um like yeah, it was it was the it, it was the Kmart version of the Lincoln Riley Caleb Williams and it play, sh- it should be reversed, it and it almost reversed. knocked out um, Stafford Matthew from Stafford. the game. So, like, enough with these long developing pass plays. Like, well, it's also like the trick plays, right? Because the other play he hurt his thumb on was a Philly special or the Philly Philly, rather. So, yeah, yeah, it's like the red zone turnover on downs that killed a streak of fifty-two red zone trips with no points or with points. Uh, on a ball that went directly through Tutu Atwell's hands, which I think was a little bit of a head scratcher. Really and weird tight window throw as well. You got to kind of stab at that ball versus like letting it kind of fall into you in that position. When there's no receiver draped over you, you could obviously slide and keep your hands upwards. But if you're if you're trying to go out and stab that ball, make a catch in the back of the end zone, you got to get handsy. And Atwell has strong hands. I don't know if, if you were like watching that play, like everything was developing on like, Stafford's left, like watching yeah. him. Uh, Freeman just like stops running. If he just cut to the right and Stafford looks at him, all of that right side of the end zone yeah. is completely open. So and it was so like they're like on like hurry up to like get that play out to keep it all contained on that left side. It was like, you know, let's let's just at least like look over to the right. Those are know. the details that I was hopeful that Matt LaFleur would be able to implement, but then like that's a that's the like backside of your progression. Maybe he right. had his goal was to like chip and maybe, I don't know if he was ineligible at that point, but still no really good point. Like that could be a different um, approach in the red zone and it's an easy way to convert. It's an easy way to get points on the board. And you I have to be able to going for it there though. I think modern NFL, yeah. you have to go for that. Uh, so like, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it, but just three boring runs in a row, I thought was just, or at least two boring runs and then one pitch run. Um, it was just like, why are we trusting our fourth down back this much when we're supposed to have this well, and, creative and genius coach? Or sorry, not fourth down, up. fourth string back. Excuse me, not fourth down back. Well, that's what I brought up too with like the Cooper Cup saga and people thinking that the offense is better when he's not on the field. 
it was more productive today, but like they only ran the ball in that sequence, Nick, in that possession three times. Most of their yards came from penalties. So like that's kind of the difference. The Rams had 265, 267 total yards in this game. 130 yards were from penalties. Seattle's 12 penalties. And we needed every single one of those they did. To, to win that game. They spotted us a lot of points, and they it allowed us to flip the field. There were a couple of plays, 2-2 Atwell, I think a 47-yard penalty down the field on a pass interference call that flipped the field. And that was earlier on in the first half, but you needed those kind of plays. Puka Nakua, though, I'm just in so insanely impressed by him. Like the jet sweep play on that final possession where they ended up scoring, um, that to me was just so impressive because – he he does everything right. I mean, he's he, a gamer. He, yeah, he's a true true blue gamer, baller, whatever you want to call him. He is out there making plays when he touches the ball. He's you know he's he's great with the yak. He's like a young Cooper Cup. It's just weird that like him and Cup can't coexist. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just I mean, a, with Stafford Woods and Cup couldn't really coexist either. Let's you know I let's know. not kid ourselves here. That was never yeah. they never really lived together. There has to be a way, though, that you could intertwine those two. Do I have an answer on this podcast? Probably not. But I think it's simplifying Cooper Cup's route tree and giving him less optionality and letting yeah. him just do simple things like what they do with Puka Nakua, sit in the zone. You just have a couple of zone beaters out there lining up in the slot on opposite sides. Or you line Cooper Cup in the backfield. Like the, all these things that like you could line him up out, out wide, like all these different things that you could do and rotate to get both of these players involved. And I'm, I'm hopeful that they eventually do. But Puka Nakua, like the jet sweep. So they ran the jet sweep um, and I think they got a first down in that play. And then we got a carry from Rolls Royce Freeman for no yards. And then McVay got a little panicky. And this is kind of where the situational stuff kind of kicks in because there was a minute and 47 seconds left in the fourth quarter in this game. It was the second and seven that I really had a problem with where Matthew Stafford was an empty. Like, what was the purpose of that? You had so much success with him under center. And obviously the, the play where the second and seven, you call Puka Nakua slant. This is coming off of a jet sweep where he just tried to run over three people. Um, and the ball gets tipped up in the air and it's almost an interception, right? So you're thinking to yourself, first of all, why are you an empty second? You almost turned the ball over in the red zone and gave up the game. That would yeah. have changed the outcome like instantly. Um, so you, you, get to that, you, you get to that point and then you go, uh, Freeman, right? What was it? Second and so it was second and seven. And then the third down play was a screen pass to Daryl Henderson. That's right. And it looked like Henderson could have scored if he went outside, but he kind of ran into the traffic and they got held up and had to kick the 22 yard field goal. Thank God Lucas Havarisic nailed it. 22 yards. I was, I mean, it's shorter than an extra point, but we were obviously a little bit concerned. I was, I mean, I was fine with that. I'm like, I thought he was going to kick it. I'm, I'm like, I thought that that was going to be good for sure, but I thought we left way too much time on the clock with the incomplete yeah, pass. Yeah. Um, Cause it, you know, but I wanted them to score. I was like, I think they need to score. Cause I think, you know, I've seen this film before and I, I don't like the ending. Gino loves doing this. He loves the, loves like the, you know, not a lot of time on the clock, just chunk, 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 chunk. Um, and he, you know, he essentially did it. The kid just missed the kick. Luckily for us, and now we're sitting here happy. Um, but yeah, I think I mean, like, Jordan Love and Geno Smith were just blended. Geno Love, it's like Buddy Love. Is, is that what I said? Buddy I, Love. I, I'll listen Geno back to these, and, and like to me, I'm like, 
you know, right now I'm thinking I said that sentence absolutely beautifully. Oh, but. I do it constantly. I listen back and I'm like, what the hell did I say? The one back. time I agreed with you perfectly and I was like, I completely disagree with you. And then went <laughs> off into a two minute tangent as to why I agreed with you. So, you're, um, well, that's that's different. I, I when we would play uh, Russell Wilson two times a year, and we would talk about Russell Westbrook. More. Yeah, I would call him Westbrook. At, like every other breath, it was Westbrook. Yeah, it's it's so easy to do that. Hey, it's, at least you're not saying Brett Ripon, right? The, no, I'm uh, just saying um, I'm just saying Shanae uh, Tremel. <laughs> That's not your fault. How many targets did Austin Trammell Trammell have before he uh, entered this game? I mean, he first of all, he returned seven punts. So you saw him return every single one of these punts. He returns kicks. He's on the kick return team. But he was only on the field because of the Cooper Cup injury. Yeah. I, but, I, sure. I, but, I mean, you know, I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, he's tough. Wow. He's kind of like a little bit of a blend of uh, Danny Amendola and Nelson Spruce. He's a little bit taller. His body's more like Spruce, but – I don't know. I, I like the uh, ability to kind of just step in and, and make some plays when you need to. So we have those kind of players, you know, the Benny Scoes, the Austin Trammells of the world. But like looking forward, it's it's probably the offensive line that you need to focus on the most. Matthew Stafford's health obviously is always going to be a concern. And if you eliminate the trick plays and you get a little bit more health um, on the offensive line consistently throughout the rest of the season, I have no concerns that they're going to be competitive. And next week you got the Arizona Cardinals and we got Thanksgiving coming up in a couple of days. So I'm excited for it all. Do you think they like can legitimately be like post Cardinals win? Who's after that? Do you know? After the Cardinals, I might need you here for this one. Um, no. Is it the Browns or the Browns? Yeah, it's the Browns. I should know. I'm going to the freaking game. It's the Browns. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's the Browns. It's and then the after the Browns, Browns, is it the Ravens? I think it's Browns, Ravens, and then Commanders. Okay. So right. I think you got to go. You have to beat Arizona, and then I think you probably got to beat the Browns. Yeah. And then and then beat the command, and then you probably lose the Ravens, and then beat the Commanders, and then who knows? You might be playing the Joe Flacco led Browns at that point. You're going to be playing Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, who you've beaten plenty of times, and then you're going to get the Commanders, who just lost thirty-one to nineteen to the Giants. Like there's there's potential for this season to turn around, and we're going to stay in the hunt. Uh, I'm faithful of that as long as you're able to get a win against the Arizona Cardinals coming off of Thanksgiving. So yeah, and you know what? I feel good about it. Kyler, he looked fun today. He definitely had Kyler energy. But Kyler's worst enemy is that guy whose picture you flashed earlier, where it looks like he's doing a kumbaya circle with the other Rams. Yeah, let's flash that again. <laughs> I thought it was initially ring around the rosy. I mean, yeah, I think he's dapping somebody up while dancing. But, I mean, yeah, yeah you got to celebrate you. Win, you know, winning in November if you haven't done it since 2020. Like, come on. I'll be gone until November. I'll be gone until November. Tell my baby I'm going to win in November. Stafford was uh, 3-0 and prior to this game without Matthew Stafford against the Seattle Seahawks. Since 2021, they're 0-2. But with him... They average 25.3 points per game. That average is going to go down a little bit, but they're 4-0. His passing so yards are going to go down a little bit per game. But, I mean, you're, you've are you done nothing but beat Seattle in your time with Sean McVay and the Rams. So, uh, as a Rams fan, we greatly appreciate everything you've done so far, Matthew Stafford, and your dog, Sean McVay, called him something. Do you know? 
what he called him after the game? I, he said everybody's really been really gritty. That was a gritty win. So I don't know. I I don't know what specific nickname he gave Matthew this week. Let's see. Let's see if in we can the, pull. In the chat with me, you, and our dad, as we're watching the game, I was not saying very nice things about anybody, but until the very end, and then I was like, this team's amazing. Hey, you know, that's kind of the ebbs and flows of football. And this season is more of a roller coaster than any other season. Hopefully next season will be a little bit more consistent with our ability to kind of string together some wins. But hey, against division rival, if we sweep Arizona, we go four and one in the division so far with San Francisco at the very end of the schedule. And they could potentially be resting players if they're in a situation where they're going to be getting a bye, which that doesn't seem likely anymore because the Detroit Lions and the Philadelphia Eagles are playing as well as they are with this uh, in the hunt graphic. I just want to remind everybody the Rams are still in the hunt. I think the difference of like a 12th, 12th overall pick and the 15th overall pick is not that much. So I think that there's an opportunity for us to kind of string together some fun as this holiday season wraps around. It was just nice to, because we watched our, you know, our our kicker just blow it time and time again in that Steelers <laughs> game. So it was nice to see the wind blow our way this this time. So it sure was. Great victory. Everybody enjoy your victory Mondays. Yeah, and we're going to talk to you guys again before Thanksgiving, but make sure in the meantime that you guys are ramming <laughs> and subscribing. We gave away a Puka Nakua jersey today, and what a great day to do it. We called it. Bet on him. He was going to go off. If we gave the jersey away, he was going off. It was guaranteed. So go Rams. Uh, so happy that we're able to do that kind of stuff. We love you guys, and cheers to a, a fun rest of the season. Yeah. Cheers, you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll see you before Wednesday. Take care. Peace. Go Rams.